Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. You may be at the beginning or halfway through your current child custody Or you might be right to sitting on the couch now realising that you're going to be separated and you're going to have to at some point figure out who's going to get the kids and when. Today, we're going to talk about how to make sure right from the get-go that you are going to come across to the court because you know that you are a good parent, but that you come across to the court as a good parent. Hello, Mum. Hello, Laura. Now, Mum, there's a lot of... uh, unfit parent, unfit mother things bandied around all over the place all the time. And it seems to be a lot of people when they are the, like, I know we don't use the term primary carer, but they're the ones that are looking after the children. And then all of a sudden, because of separation, the other parent says, but they're crazy or they're bad mothers or a bad father, so I should get the kids. Yes. Does that happen a lot? Do you see that? It does. It does. I mean, it's it's particularly if you've got a manipulative and controlling person who's prepared to lie, mm. they will provoke a person or, or, you know, set situations up and then turn it on the other person and say they're unstable, mm. um, you know, so, and but, but there are ways. Yeah, and, that, I, and, and I think it's important to recognise that right at the beginning of a separation, of course, you're going to be emotionally not well. You're going to be really... Struggling. Yeah. You're going to be struggling. We And we get that. And you've said to an extent the court understands that. Of course they do. But what, what it is really important for anybody listening to this today, if, if you really do think that there is a potential that your ex is going to somehow create this false narrative that you're a bad person, a bad parent, how you can protect yourself and these steps that we're going to talk about today are things that you can do to protect yourself so that if you ever do end up in court, It's it's not going to be used against you. That's right. That's right. So you kind of look, I'm sure our listeners do all of these things anyway. Yeah. uh, But start collecting the evidence on these six big pointers that we talk about. And there's no such concept as an unfit mother. I want to say that to any of the women out there who may have heard that expression. It's, It's antiquated and it's it just never appears in any judgments or decisions or the law for that matter in Australia. All right. So number one, the big the big thing that comes and hits people in the face like a wet fish is text messages and emails and videos of them talking or phone recordings. Snapchats, even if you don't think anyone's going to catch it. Yeah. TikToks. Yep. So communication is huge, not just communic- how you communicate with your kid, but how you communicate with your co-parent because straight after separation, they're your co-parent now. Do you know there's a third category mm-hmm. and that's how you communicate with the rest of the world on public forums? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's three things, communicating yeah. with your kids, communicating with your ex or your co-parent and communicating with the rest of the world. So what kind of things get thrown in people's faces, mum? And that, and then causes them to lose time with their children or lose their children. Well, I don't know if it lo- lose their children, but it can certainly reflect negatively on them if they're in the witness box. And a classic one is uh, when a child's been sick, really mm. sick, and they the mother or, or father has taken the appropriate steps, got them treated, and they present at court. They've got sort of certificates from the doctors and everything. And a barrister will ask this person, when did you tell the other parent? Oh, you know, I told them as soon as, like, well, when? Oh, you know, after she came out of surgery. or Oh, wow. Yes. Or I didn't think it was that important. So that is a big one. Mm. You've got to 
kind of acknowledge that there are two of you, even if you've done all the work all through the marriage or the relationship, you have to start setting up a paper trail so that you can say, oh, I told her as soon as I got her into the car or as soon as I got to the hospital. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So all of those communications could be put in an affidavit. Like, And if you lose your biscuits and just have a massive rant at your ex, that could be put in an affidavit, even though every other message you've ever sent has been polite and short and to the point. There's one one single message where you've lost your biscuits because you've had enough and that'll be the one that gets shown. Well, of course, of course. And and there's no way for you to demonstrate to Except for that one occasion, mm. Your Honour, I was a respectful communicator and I've got like 200 text other messages to yeah, prove other. it. It doesn't. It's that one that will bring you undone. So the best strategies that we can recommend, uh, number one, is don't send any messages after five unless it's important. Or <laughs> if you've been drinking. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Don't <laughs> drink uh, and text. That's 100% never Someone ever. said the send button is 80% bigger if you've had a drink. <laughs> yes. So don't send it don't when you're it. drinking. Get, if, if you are emotional, get a friend to look at it and take the emotion out. We've got the BIF method, brief, informative, friendly, and factual, okay? And you can take friendly out and just have BIF, BIF. But, <laughs> but just don't. Get yep, into don't it. Don't get up. And I know, even as even as a person's lawyer, sometimes I get used to get correspondence that was so outrageous that I'd pick up the dictaphone and let fly with a whole lot of indeeds and uh, we are indeed surprised and and sarcastic dripping from every mm, note. Mm. Uh, my secretaries are under strict instructions to not send that out until I have a look at it the next day. Yeah. And then I get my pen and I take out a lot of the Emotion. superlatives. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so don't let yourself down because it, it sounds terrible when a barrister will read it out word for word. In front of a judge. And, you know, I've, I've been one in one where the father was referred to as the sperm donor. Oh, gosh. Uh, and that Do t- they read swear words out? Not anymore. Oh, we used good. to. We used to spell it. Mm. You know, or, or one time I remember the, the swear words were really bad for the, back like in the 80s. Mm. And so I, we wrote it on a piece of paper and showed the other slides lawyer and then handed it up to the judge. Oh. And it was never read into the transcript. But it is now. It is now, yes. Okay. Apparently, you can F and C all over the place. So let's not but F don't and C do that in your messages. Yeah, don't do and that. the other side of communication to remember can be used in court, and you should not do it anyway, is the whole talking to your children about the separation, talking mm-hmm. dirty about your ex. Not uh, talking dirty, trash talking Trash talking <laughs> your ex. So all of that kind of stuff, you know, is a, is a big red no-no. It's frowned upon by the court. Uh, the last thing you ever want anyone to say in a family report, say if the psychologist meets with you, is, oh, this person prioritises her feelings for her ex over her love for the children, or he is so obsessed with the mother that he is not focusing on the children, these proceedings are for the purpose of having further engagement with the mother. Yeah. So you don't want those things to be said about you. So if you've got maybe, if you've got youngies, they shouldn't know anything. If you've got older kids who are cluey and they're picking stuff up and they come and ask you things, you need to deflect and say, mum and dad love you very much. We've got it sorted. We've got it sorted. Yes. And not get them involved. And if your portrait is not child-focused, that can affect your your oh, like time the with the kids. It, 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 yep. That's yeah. right, because w- when you think about it, after the case is over, the court has to set those children up for their best best interests going forward. And the best predictor of future behaviour 
is what you've done in the past. Mm -hmm. And so those two points, like if you do that trash talking about him to the kids and not communicating properly when they should be with an accident or medical things, those two things are enough really to make the court think, well, maybe the children should be with the other parent. Mm. So don't do that to yourselves. Right. So communication, just remember anything you write down, anything you say, anything you do. And again, mum, the other thing you wanted to mention was any social media, yes. any dating apps. It, it, yes. it can be used to portray you in a way that might not be legit. That's right. And the court will, uh, like I do remember a case where someone went to the police for an invasion of privacy about something in Facebook and the police just said, looked at it and said, well, you've got a public profile. Mm. Mm. So just be careful. Mm. Just resist. Okay. The next one is about, and you probably already are, but if someone's going to say you're an unfit mother or an unfit parent and you're not actively involved in the child's lives, you need to work on making sure that you can prove that you're involved in their education. You're going to parent-teacher interviews, you're staying informed with the teachers and you're being involved in the school activities. Is that mm. Does that That's make good. a difference? It mom? does, yep, because the report cards will show. If the children are doing well at school in your Mm -hmm. that's a big plus. Right. right? And as far as being proactive with the education, I think that's very relevant. Mm. Um, and so if, if the kids are not doing well and they're getting really bad report cards, can that be used in court as a see how bad the kids are? They should be with me. Well, I think the court would look at both parents and say this conflict is no good for the kids. Yeah. But what they wouldn't like to see are the children moving from school to school mm. because you know, one person is moving a lot in, and really not settled in a house mm -hmm. in those early stages. Mm -hmm. Yes. So the court understands that kids are also affected by separation and their marks generally will drop. Mm -hmm. uh, but the attendance days are often where people get tripped up. Oh. So uh, sometimes everything seems okay and mm -hmm. then you have a look and the kids have only been to school 60% of the time. And the court cares about that? Oh, my word, they do. Okay. And there's big, deep, like, introspection about that because that's the ultimate best interests of the children. And sometimes it's a parent who's not functioning properly mm. and they don't get up early enough to get the kids to school or they're consistently late. Mm. So you need to make sure that you make that an iron rule. Yeah. You know? So even if you are struggling and you are finding it hard to get out of bed, you need to make sure you're getting your kids to school. Yes. And then you can go home and collapse if you want or and take that time to emotionally rebuild yourselves. But what you're saying is, mum, those attendance records can be used as a weapon against wow. you. Yes. And it's a non-subjective thing, mm. right? Report cards are you know, maybe a point of view of a teacher or not, and the comments may be a point of view, but the number of days they were there or not there is black and white, can't be argued. Right. And or late. Late, yep, or late. Okay, so and that's you're, something you need to focus on. Yep, and, and I mean, it's quite devastating in an affidavit to read, oh, that when they're with the mother, or when they're mm -hmm. with the father, the children uh, have been late to school, you know, uh, 80% of the time, this many days, and attach that record. So you need to make yeah. sure you're protecting that. And, yeah. and look, uh, it is so hard, particularly if kids are going through, you know, the separation, oh, moving house. Awful. The whole thing is horrible for you and the children. And if you've got a child who is not wanting to go to school and they're extra clingy, that can be so hard. But you need to have this in the back of your head that 
You've got to have really good reasons if you are going to end up in front of a judge as to why these kids weren't Mm. going to school. And, you know, I think that people say, I've heard a judge say, that for the kids, that's their normal. So don't change their school on them. Mm. Try and keep as many things exactly the same as you can. And at school, they can escape whatever's going on at home if you're a little bit weepy or if you're distracted. And that takes us to the next one, which is consistent Keeping everything for the kids consistent. Oh, okay. So you're being child-focused and you need to, you know, show, oh, the kids still have their meals at the normal time, the kids are still going to their extracurricular activities. Because if if they can somehow show that that's not happening, then they're going to go, there's something wrong with this parent. That's right. And and it you really should try to keep the routine that you had when you were together still mm-hmm. so that the kids have some sort of predictability in their lives. And, and that also, I think... It includes like your family fun night or we always go to the show or we always whatever. Just try to keep it together for the children and that makes it easier for them because they get a break from the fighting when they're at school, when they're at their extracurricular activity. And so I guess it sounds so preachy for us to be saying this to people because I know everyone who's listening has their kids' best interest at heart or I hope I know they do. It's not Otherwise they wouldn't be listening to this episode. So knowing that, oh, someone's going to judge my ability to parent and and the time they turn the spotlight on is not when I'm having the best time. It's not when I've, you know, mm. got nothing else to worry about. They're going to turn the spotlight on your parenting when you are at your lowest, which is moving house, financial issues, and emotionally broken. And s- especially if the separation came out of the blue. Yeah. Because that would mean normally that the other person doesn't have much empathy, mm. probably isn't particularly connected to the kids mm. or, or was. So they're just making this happen at your place. So it's you're going to have to use superhuman strength to get you through those those things mm. for the sake of the kids. Yeah. Um, I'm afraid. And and I've seen many brave people, they do do it. Yeah. You know, and the court recognizes that. And we're not saying the kid you know, you're not a good parent if you're not no. doing these things. We're just saying the court's going to think you're not a good parent. Well, they they might wonder. Yes. So, and if you have been a little bit, you know, sort of struggling and, and maybe the kids didn't get to school as often as they should on time, start fixing that up now and then you can say to the court, I was a mess, I struggled, but look. Look at it I've now. sorted them out now. And, and and it's important when we're saying the court looks at it, but really what the, the court only looks at it if the ex... Uh, raises the issue. It out. That's right. What you're raising, my dears, is a defence to yeah. an unfair accusation. Usually, that you're not a good parent. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and it and it would it absolutely, absolutely churned my innards to have to prove that I was a good mother mm. <laughs> all those years ago. Uh, because let's face it, I don't care. I know I'm a family lawyer, but those, if you're a mother, those babies came out of you. Yeah. And, and and if you're a father, they're your children. They're your children. They're and they... how dare some person you don't know yeah. criticise the way you raise your children? But it's not usually the person you don't know if you're in this instance, because they're not looking at this if you're amicable divorced. Yeah, it's it's yeah. only if you've got a nasty, manipulative ex who wants to rewrite yes. history. And I do get a lot of messages, mum, and you've seen them too, where the ex all of a sudden becomes parent of the year. Yes. They've never been involved. They've never taken them to school. They've never gone to the parent teachers. And all of a sudden, these people say they've become parent of the year. Yes. And now they're saying, I'm the bad parent. 
They, that's terrible. And, and you know, it's good for the children, though. They love it because yeah. they've probably spent some time trying to get this parent's attention and suddenly they have it. Mm. Uh, and and the person who was the consistent parent is like yesterday's old socks. I've got, my, I've got the attention now of my parent. Uh, and so they can actually wax lyrical in family reports about their parent, the, mm. the parenting of the person who's making the accusations against you. I see it so often. Okay. So this is mm. all about protecting it's yourself defense. and defence. Mm. And the next one, Mum, is, uh, and this is a no-brainer, I guess, is stable residence. But how hard is it? Oh, How impossible. hard is it, stable residence? So but I guess just being able to prove that you've got a safe, clean environment and their own space, because in all those court documents, it's asking, where does the child sleep? How many rooms are there? Like, yes. It actually asks those questions. And it's ridiculous in some ways, because when I grew up, three of us shared a bedroom every, all my life, we mm. shared a bedroom. Mm. Uh, whereas now people seem to think they need a house of their own. Yes. And people look down on parents who've perhaps gone back to mums with the kids or mm. are in the back room at their sister's. So how can people prove they've got a stable residence? Look, Why does it... that matter in the court? You're invited to our free webinar. Whether you're stuck at the beginning of deciding to divorce or you're struggling to find your way through the legal jargon and fear of the unknown of the legal process, we are here to empower you to take control. Join us to learn what steps you can take, followed by a live Q&A where you get Lynn, my amazing mum, and family law accredited specialist to answer your questions. All you have to do is go to www.thedivorcecourse.com.au you and click on reserve my seat. We'll see you there. Hurry, spaces are limited, so don't miss out. Register today. So how can people prove they've got a stable residence? Why does that matter in the court? Why it matters is if you move too much, Mm -hmm. particularly if you change the kids' school while you do it, it makes the things unstable for the children. And I, I get it. If you're the one who had to leave the house, maybe with nothing, uh, you're on your best friend's couch and the court's, she's saying the, to the court, he's lived at this house, he's lived, he hasn't settled down and you probably don't have the money mm. to do it. So the key to, I guess, is make each place where they come is comfortable for them and I something did, familiar. I did see, and I know that there's a there was a lady who used to make these, and it was because sometimes, you know, especially if people are fleeing domestic violence, oh, yes. if you are, please call 1-800-RESPECT, or you can also call triple zero if you're in mm. danger. Those people that have to couch surf with their kids because they can't stay in the home, the, you can get like these little um, sleeping bags that yes. are pretty colours with their names and their teddy, and it doesn't matter where you are. That to the to the child that's, that's their home. space. Yes, and so that you know, if it's even if you boil it down to just as simple as they've got their own pillow and their own doona, and it's something special for them, that could make the difference. And I don't think the court is going to look down on you if you've been couch surfing, but they might look down on you if you've stayed at this boyfriend's house and now you've gone to this or boyfriend's house, house or yes. girlfriend's house and swapped around. So that is something that they do look at. I think so. Also, suddenly cutting ties with people that they're friends with or, or relatives, that can change things. So does it, what about play dates and best friends and things? That's does that, great. Does that ever get put into the court order as like some sort of, oh, I take them to play dates and he doesn't or she doesn't? Does that yes. ever get used? I think so. It I does. think so. So, you know, your par- parent of the year is going to start all of those things, just copying probably what you've been doing for years, but still. Mm. So no matter how hard it is, you need to be, you know, maybe get some of the friends to come to the 
pool with you or so meet them somewhere. It. Yeah, just keep movie dates and things. Just keep it going. So it's whilst, a lot when you're struggling. I know. So whilst it might have been an auto thing that you did in the past, yeah. at the moment, and, and I think one of the things to recognize mm. is kids will come and ask you, can I have a play date or can I go and see such and such? But maybe if they pick up that you're struggling, they're not going to ask you and maybe you won't think about it. So this is just a little reminder to, yes. to keep that wheel turning so that it can't be used against you that you're not an in, like a good enough parent. Yep. And, and remember their childhoods. God, I, I was just sounding really preachy and I'm yeah. not going to say it, but you know, guys, you know, and it just means it, no matter how shattered and exhausted you are, uh, you need to try and think of the children and put it now, put them forward. in that protecting and, and defence, again, mm -hmm. we're going to talk about the kids' health. Yes. And I guess to an extent your health does has a huge impact, but you need to be able to, like if they say, oh, they don't, she doesn't care about the kids at all. I'm doing all the doctor's appointments. I'm doing all the dentists and stuff. So you have to be able to prove that you've been doing that kind of stuff? Yep, and that should be pretty easy. Yeah, pretty so easy. keeping the dentist yeah. going, the haircuts, yeah. the, the doctor's appointments. And, and you know, a person's not going to get many brownie points in the court just for doing what has to, what's the basic parent obligation to do. But if they're accusing you of not doing it. Yes, that's right. Well, they'd have to accuse you of not doing it when they weren't doing it either. And that was your answer. We're both parents of these children and is demonstrated by the way that she's now taking them to all of these appointments. Yeah, it's her what, responsibility as well as mine. What about medication? Ah. Is there a big hoo-ha fight over medication yes. when it comes to court? And can not giving a child a certain medication have a massive impact on the outcome of your custody case? Mm. So anyone with that medication, just don't be a jerk, really. If the kid's got medication, give it to them. Uh, if you don't agree with the diagnosis, that's a very short trip from the court's point of view to the court reconsidering whether the kids should be left with you. So if they've been diagnosed, no matter what your personal opinion is, if the medical professional has given them medication and made a diagnosis, you must follow it. According to the court. According to the court. So, oh, so yes. this is just yeah. general education and we're giving you a way to protect yourself against accusations. But yeah. again, you know, everybody's situation is it, different and you need to do what you need to do. But what mum's saying is the court, if, the, if there's been a diagnosis of your child and you don't follow it, the court is going to look very badly at that. That's right. At and you. That's right. And there's no grey area with the court. They yeah. won't hear you argue to the contrary because they will follow the advice of the health professionals. Yeah. You might think uh, through COVID, we had a huge number of cases about to vaccinating and not vaccinating, but the upshot ended up being that the court followed the guidelines from the chief medical officer in each state. Mm -hmm. And that's the way, because they're not medical professionals either. But I've seen a lot of cases where a child's diagnosis has been ignored by one person. So the child spends some time in a house being told they don't have, say, asthma. Mm without their puffers, and mm. then the other time at the other house they can have their puffers and, and they've got asthma. It's just And the court terrible. doesn't like that? No, well, no. no. And, and neither, neither does a child. Mm. It's really, and, and can be dangerous if they've got something And so what does like the court that? do if someone is just fully denying 
their diagnosis and fully denying them medication, does is that like bad enough for the court to say, well, you can't see the child it, without supervision? It, yes, it can be. For instance, uh, I had a little girl once years ago with type two diabetes. Mm. Now that's a constant monitoring back then. And if you wouldn't, if the parent wasn't going to be able to do that or couldn't, wouldn't do that, then that person had to be supervised. And the supervision was by a nurse educator who understood how to read the things. So yes, you, you're not going to be allowed to put the child at harm because even though it's not written in three inch gold letters in the Family Law Act, it should be. And it is that the children, the children's best interests are paramount above everything else. Mm. But that's general advice got, only. Yeah, I mean, it's general education. And we've got a great episode called The Best Interest of the Children and the Court's Opinion on that, Yeah, um, where we go through each of those actual points in the Family Law Act. So if you want to listen to that episode, I will put that in the show notes for you to listen to. Mm. Now, Mum, the the last one we want to kind of focus on today as a way for people to protect themselves against accusations and against the court looking very badly against Mm -hmm. them in their custody case is following legal stuff, being legal compliant, that's, you know, do what you're told in the orders. Following your visitation schedules and following custody orders, doing phone calls on time and all of that kind of stuff. And I guess also not breaking the law in general. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, but a judge who has listened to the case, if it's an interim, they've read everything. If it's a final hearing, they've heard all the argument. And on due consideration, they've made court orders. They're not called orders for nothing. Mm. Uh, they're called orders. So you must follow them unless you have a really good reason. And this is, again, general education only, but you can look up the sections of the Act of what happens to you if you contravene a children's order. And it's quite serious. So get some legal advice if that's where you're headed. If you think seriously that the children's best interests are no longer being served by your the orders that you've got, then you need to get some legal advice before you do anything. And so if you go to court mm-hmm. and you've got maybe orders or you don't have orders, but you've got some sort of parenting plan and you haven't been following it, or you've got interim orders and you haven't been following them, just like the little things. So that does that make the judge change their opinion on what what your custody outcome could be? Well, they worry if they make an order. I think if I can speak for their honours, I think they're worried that if they make orders in the future, you're going to ignore them as well. And so that is a big black mark against you in their book. And if they're going to make some more orders, they'll be more inclined to make the orders perhaps that that they're required under the Act to make orders that are least likely to lead to further proceedings. And that includes least likely to end up in contravention. So, uh, you know, you're running a very big risk if you don't follow the court's orders. And standing in front of a judge and having to explain yourself could be terrifying as well. If you thought going in front of the principal at school was scary, this is much worse. It's really hard. So things that you can definitely use to help as a defence and starting right from before you've even gone to mediation before you mm-hmm. even think about these things and particularly they're used against you in that yeah. unstable stage between separation and when you finally get all your head back together. And yes. A lot of people tell us this. So legal compliance, make sure you're sticking to whatever orders you've got, make sure you're doing them. Communication, make sure that whatever you're writing down, you're happy for some judge that you don't know to be reading it. Yep. 
or some barrister that you don't know to read it out in court word for word? So social media and also the communication with your kids, they don't need to be involved in this kind of stuff. If you're, if you're, co-parent is involving them. You have to subtly say when they ask you, you know, mum and dad love you very much. We're sorting it out Mm -hmm. and keep them out of it because that will be used against you. Education, be involved, keep that going, make sure the kids are going to school, make sure that they're doing all the things that they used to do. And hopefully report cards can't be used against you. Yes. And if if you've had to change schools, make sure it's only one change. Yeah. If Don't you can. Make, yes. Now, the Try consistent routine is the same thing. Make sure they're doing all the things they used to do. Keep that going to show that you can be a good parent with consistent routine. So hard during separation in that early stages, but you can do it. Get mm. somebody to help you. Get some friends and list some friends and say, hey, I'm struggling. I need to keep this going for the kids' sake and also for my defence. Can you please help? Maybe you can have a chart that can be photocopied. Yeah. Get AI, chat GPT to help you write a program, but just, yes, document, yeah. tick it off. Yep. That's a good way of showing. Um, and well-being as well. So you got to prioritise your well-being as well as the kids' well-being and make sure that, you know, that you're doing all the things you need to do for their medical, mm-hmm. giving them their medicine, taking them to their doctor's appointments. You know, all it takes, and I know I don't want to scare people, but all it takes is for one slip up and that'll be blazoned as a, t- like, a like think of they yourself. in your face. Think of mm. yourself in this stage. If you're going through a custody battle, you're like a movie star or like Taylor Swift and anything she does that's wrong is times 10 on the front page of the Mm -hmm. newspaper, okay? They never say, oh, Taylor Swift had a good day today and she didn't break up with someone. It's only big news if she does something that's bad, right? Yes. and and So that's going to be the same for you. Yeah. You're never going to see in another affidavit that you're doing well at school. You're a great parent. You're taking them every day. It'll be, she missed a school day today or this, this, this. So just be aware you're a movie star at the moment and you are under the spotlight and you're being scrutinised like no one's business. Mm. And of course, just for a while, trying to keep the stableness of where you stay or where you live. And if you can't, just try to have some things in place so that it does feel stable for the kids. Maybe if you're sleeping in different places that they could see you at your parents' place or your sister's place. When they come over, you go over there and have a little sleepover. Yeah. but So they can see their cousins or whatever. So mum, this is like a weird episode, but I I think it's important to keep it in the back of your head because a lot of people don't realise what they've been doing is bad mm. or or can be used against them and and twisted yep. in a way in an affidavit to say this person's a bad parent. So are there any other things? Well, the the upside of these things is that you can say in your affidavit positively about yourself. Mm. You know, when I have the children with me, they see their cousins every second weekend and here's, here's a photo of them playing there. Uh, they have been attending school every day and here's the evidence of that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still in basketball. Here she's she got a prize for basketball. Put all of the things in that they would have been, they'll be looking at to try and turn against you. If you follow these steps, you will be able to say with pride in your material, look at me, stable residence. Look at me communicating with him. Look at me, mm. you know, I followed the orders. It's just, it's kind of, it's not like you're doing that, that Doing all those things so when the person wanting to allege you're unfit looks, they're like, oh, there's nothing to see here. But in your case, you can bolster each of those things and say to the judge, look at this. Mm-hmm. And that will give the court something to hang the hat on to say, look, as, as far as we can tell, and it's not challenged by the other person, these kids are doing well. Let's leave them there until we have the final hearing. Yeah. Or yeah. even let's leave them there full stop. Because if it, all it takes is for some lies. Mm. And like you've said, mum, a lot of lies aren't ever 
they don't ever come out, particularly if you've got a manipulative, controlling or narcissistic yep. ex type personality. The lies don't come out till the witness box part. Yeah, usually then. That's so right. And you, it has a deleterious effect, I think. Like it has a negative effect if the judge is hearing all along the line false complaints about you. And you don't they, have the proof. That's right. So, so you need proof of weird things. Yeah. So, so, well, it does seem weird to prove that you take your kids to school every yeah. day and you give them medicine. But that these are the things that are going to be running through the nasty right. person's head. So these are the things you need to protect yourself. And maybe you won't ever need it, but... Like mum said, you can put it in your affidavit. And you know, one of the allegations that used to happen that was that the kids were having uh, takeaway every night and that was an issue with people. Your kids wouldn't know that you're only taking the photos for proof. So get a little snapshot of them eating their meals. Look what mummy made or look what daddy made tonight. You may never need it, but you will. You won't be able to understand the what things they can say about you until you see it and, and, and then you're shocked. So what happens in a trial, mum, you get like they have to write an affidavit and you write an affidavit. Yes. And then so you read their affidavit and that's when you're going to find out what they're trying what to they're say. What they're trying to say, that's right. Or in mediation. Yep. But you can use these strategies to positively put forward mm. what you're doing. Mm. And then maybe in your affidavit you talk about the things they aren't doing. Are they paying to support the children? So mm. if you haven't listened to our documentation episode, go and listen to that. Yes. If you have an amicable divorce, you might not need it, but in saying that some amicable Amicable divorces end up changing. That's right. If you've got a an avoidant divorce, you might not need it either. But if you've got high conflict or manipulative controlling and those narcissistic types, it's part of the narcissistic playbook to say you're that they're parent of the year and you're a terrible parent. And you know that the lawyers also know what trips the judge into action. And so they might ask them direct questions about that, you know, or so that if they may tell them what the court's going to be looking at. So just like you're getting your house in order, so to speak, doing all the right things, they'll be doing all the right things, but also looking for chinks in your mm. your case. So, yeah. so again, I think the best takeaway that today, if you're listening, that you could take away from this to, you know, help prove that you're a good parent is be aware that you are under the spotlight and everything you do could end up on the front page of the newspaper or AKA mm. their affidavit. Mm. And you know, protect yourself. Be the model parent. Yeah. Be the perfect Which you are you can. already we probably. Know you are. And you don't yes. have to be good enough, mum. You say that. You only need to be the good yes. enough parent. You don't have to be the perfect parent. We're not talking about five-course meals and special lunches, but no. just being good enough and having that proof so when, when they come at you with a they're an unfit mother argument, you can yeah. respond without freaking out because you've already got it ready to go. And do you know if you did go over the top, I think the court can see that as well, that that's not sustainable. So right. it's their little routine at home and, you know, on Wednesdays we do this and Thursdays we do that. And I know this is an unfair term, but I do hear the term Disneyland dad. Yes, so or Macca's dad. The, is the yeah. court aware of that kind of like the, the dad that takes them, doesn't do any of the schoolwork, doesn't do any of the homework, doesn't, you know, keep their bedtime routine and just lets them do whatever they want, lets them eat lollies mm. all the time. D does that get looked at by the court? You know, it used to be not looked at. Like mm -hmm. years ago, when when it was the mother that had the children most of the time and the other parent only got them on the weekends and every second weekend for that, no one could blame them if they try to make the best of that time with mm. the kids. So it's a new term that sprung up. Right. Uh, and what it is, is since the court has been ordering a substantial and significant time with each parent, then each parent has to take on some of the responsibilities 
of school and schoolwork and so forth. Uh, but you've got to make sure when you do your affidavit, listeners, that you be positive about your attributes, but don't be too mudslinging with the other parent because that's a really a red flag too. It's a bit hard to to explain, but you what don't they want need to, well, is neutral. You don't want to be seen as someone who just hates on their ex. Yes, and certainly not someone who hates their ex more than they love their kids. Mm. And that's I've seen that said in a statement. And if, if you come out as not child-focused, that is a big bad red flag for a yes, judge. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Look, I don't want to scare you guys. And I know this episode was a little bit preachy and I'm sorry for that. But what mum is trying to portray is the attitude of the court. Yeah. And whether you agree with the attitude of the court or not, if you don't do these things, then that is the attitude you're going to get. And the court's the one that's going to make the decision if you can't get consent orders yourself. Yep. I, and, you know, I hope it never, never becomes relevant for yes. you. Yeah. I think I... The best thing is that it gradually settles into a routine Mm -hmm. and the children just seamlessly go between two houses. And that's our wish for everybody, isn't it? For the the kids as well. But just be ready. If you are with a high conflict or manipulative and controlling person. Or a narcissistic ex. Yes. This may be a very helpful episode for you. And definitely go check out the episode where we talk about the family court's view of the child's best interests and also how to document. And that will equip you and make you ready for whatever comes your way. And also always please go see a lawyer because again, this is just general education. This is like a heads up, this could be coming your way kind of episode, but everybody's situation is different. There may be more heads up, this might be coming your way that you're not aware of that a lawyer would be able to point out to you. So we wish you all the best. We hope that you're having a lovely day with your and your darling children. We send you all the best, don't we, mum? Yeah, we do. We do. Bye everyone. Bye. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe by doing so you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation and remember that the australian laws may have changed since recording